This is the St. Longinus' Baptism podcast channel. This is True Catholic Devotions for January 26, 2022. These, uh, I'm going to combine two passages for one day. And the first passage is from The Imitation of Christ, Book 1, Number 6. Whenever a man desire anything inordinately right away, he is uncomfortable within himself. The man who is not yet perfectly dead to himself is soon tempted and overcome in little and, and small things. And if he, has pursued, if he has pursued his inclination forthwith, he is burdened with remorse of conscience for having gone after his passion which helps him not at all in obtaining the peace he was looking for. It is by resisting the passions, therefore, and not serving them, that true peace of heart is to be found. Peace, therefore, is not in the heart of the carnal man, nor it is in the man who is devoted to outward things, but it is within the fervent and spiritual man. The uh, second passage is uh, also from The Imitation of Christ. It's from Book 1, Number 7. Be not ashamed to serve others for the love of Jesus Christ and to be looked upon as poor in this world. Depend not on yourself, but place your hope in God. Trust not in your own knowledge, not in the cunning of any man living. Glory not in riches, if you have them, nor in friends, because they are powerful, but in God who gives you all things. Extol not yourself for your stature or beauty of body, which with a little sickness is spoiled and disfigured. Be not proud of your abilities or of your talents, lest you offend God who gave them to you, whatever good you may naturally have. Okay, so those are the two passages. I'm going to start off with the first passage. Basically, what uh, Thomas Akempis is getting at in the first passage is, is that... um. I'm I'm sure those of you who are Christian um, or even the heretics have heard the passage of Scripture from St. Paul where he said, uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't St. Paul. It was actually Jesus who said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will come. So basically this is what um, Thomas Aquinas is getting at. He's basically saying, you know, don't chase after, don't chase after the things that ever, ever, everybody else is chasing in this world who are non-Christians. And what are the things of this world that most people chase after? Riches, um, prestige, power, um, you know, a very hot girlfriend or wife. Um, 
status. Um, you know, some people go after, oh, I got to have a lot of friends and, or, um, or, you know, depending on what type of person you are and what's important to you. Uh, I know that before I, uh, started, uh, going after Jesus, my priority in life was just basically, um, partying, you know, little weed, little beer, hanging out with my buddies, shooting the, shooting the breeze or watching videos, you know, anything to distract me from the pains and circumstances of my life. That was my priority. And so what Thomas Kempis is saying in this first passage is, no, seek Seek God is your ultimate priority and you'll be much happier is the bottom line. And um, this is actual spiritual wisdom. But as I said in last night's devotional, um, if you're not, if, if you do not have the right understanding of what who God is and what he wants and the proper doctrine of worshiping God, you're, if you try this, uh, however, however ignorant you might be that you're doing it wrong, you're not going to get to where you're going. You're basically, um, you'll have some success, but it won't be total success. And, um, if that is indeed the case, you're going to end up uh, not pleasing God, and you're not going to be pleased with the result. So that's the first passage. The second passage is um, basically it's an admonition to the readers to to basically um, die to yourself, and what. Uh, spiritual writers mean by that is, and I think it's also in, in uh, Paul's epistles, um, dying to yourself means that if you have a lot of pride, in other words, you're making six figures, you live in a McMansion out in the suburbs, your wife is really hot, you, you graduated from a major state university or even an Ivy League college, you know, you if you're not following God, you're going to be proud of those accomplishments. Even though ultimately these aren't really accomplishments. These are things God has, has given you. So really you can't feel pride that God gave you these things. You know, they're God's to give or take away. You know, but you'll feel pride in that. Or... um. Well, actually, in the passage that I quoted, and I'm talking about the second passage, basically, the the, the admonitions that Thomas uh, Kempis puts forward are basically the things that successful people take pride in. You know, I'm sure the 
the friends of Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, or Ted Cruz. They're all proud. Hey, I know Senator Cruz. Or, oh, hey, I know President Biden. Or, oh, I know Speaker Pelosi. Uh, I ever get in trouble? I know who I'm calling. Ha, 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 ha. Basically, what he's, what Thomas Akempis is trying to tell his readers is, well, no, you, you shouldn't trust in these people. Number one, because they're human. And a human being who isn't trying to follow God is eventually either going to fail you, probably inadvertently, but they're going to end up failing you. But secondly, um, if they're really malevolent people, and quite frankly, the people in the, the United States government are malevolent people, they're going to end up stabbing you in the back. You know, let's, let's take the example I just gave. You, you know, you know, Speaker Pelosi, you live out in California, you know, you guys have dinner once a week or whatever, and then you get arrested for whatever reason you get arrested and they allow you your phone call and you call up her aide and you say, Hey, tell Nancy that I'm, I'm sitting in the Los Angeles jail and I need her to pull some strings to get me out. The, the aide is probably going to turn around and say, I'm sorry, sir. Do I know you? <laughs> Who is this? Who is this? So definitely do not, you know, do not put your trust in fallible men. He's telling you to put your trust in Jesus, who is perfect. And he is not a man. Um, He was a man, but... He is also God. Um, the last part of the passage is don't take pride in yourself. I can't speak for any of you, but from a spiritual perspective, I'm a very proud individual. And I, I have no status. I have no money. I don't have the hot wife or the, the brand new car or any of that garbage. But basically, my failing as a person who's trying to follow Jesus is that I take pride in basically my personal attributes. And my personal attributes is I'm the type of guy that um, if I'm on the job, I'm going to do the best job while I'm on the job possible. And I had that attitude long before I, I, I tried to come to Jesus. It was just my attitude. It was my key to success. I also take pride in uh, the personal attribute that uh, compared to a lot of people, I'm, I'm pretty straight up and I'm pretty pretty honest. You know, uh, I've, I'm sure those of you who have married who always have heard the joke, um, you know, your wife says, oh, does this make me look fat? <laughs> I was the guy, kind of guy, even though it was my wife, and it's not smart to do this, I would tell her, yeah, you do kind of look fat. And of course, I wouldn't get sex for that night. But anyway, um, I take pride in that. Um, I take pride in I always try to repay. If somebody does something for me, I try to... Uh, get them back, you know, repay the favor if it's at all possible. But basically in this passage, he's, he's telling you that 
um, whatever you may think of yourself, for whatever reason, you know, some people, and I've said this in earlier podcasts, some people are, for whatever reason, they're twisted in the sense that they think that they're better than they are. You know, they think that, well, I've been to college and, you know, I got my four-year degree and I'm making six figures. But if you knew them personally, you know what, just what a, what an a-hole they really are. But if you're able to talk to them and say, you know, you know, Bob, you're, you're kind of a jackass, bro. You're kind of a jackass and you need to, you need to learn a little humility. They're probably going to get mad at you and they're probably going to shut you down right then and there when you give them the brutal truth, because for whatever reason, that's not how they see themselves. They see themselves as God's gift to humanity, which they aren't. If they if they were being brutally honest, and that leads me to the spiritual aspect of this passage, which is in God's eyes, and and unless you you're absolutely, um, uh, you're absolutely close to God, um, he's he 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 knows. Because he's God, he knows just what a scumbag you really are, and so if you're running around with a misinformed idea about who you really are, um, you know you may you may be able to fool the people around you, but you're not going to fool God. God knows. So there's that. Um, so a little more I want to cover. Oh, and, uh, there, there's another mistake we make as humans. Now, some of you who bump into this podcast are probably too young to remember, or were very little kids when this was, when this was the zeitgeist back in the nineties. I remember P, uh, talk shows, radio talk shows. Cause you know, the internet hadn't been invented by Al Gore at that time would would call up the talk show host and say, I don't understand. I don't understand why uh, I pay my taxes. Um, you know, I pay my taxes. I look after my kids. I, I don't understand why things are the way they are. And that was their justification. You know, they pay taxes. As far as they were concerned, they did their duty toward humanity. And even though at that time I was a complete and utter heathen, it just really gave me a bitter sense of disgust toward these people. Because even I knew, and like I said, you know, complete and utter heathen, uh, heathen uh, barbarian, you know, there's more to life than just paying your taxes, okay? You know, um... There, there, there's there's more to life than that. And by the way, for you, for those of you who tune into this particular um, episode, if you're an atheist or agnostic, I don't know why you would, but hey, welcome aboard if you are. But 
even for an atheist and agnostic, you know, there's more to life than just paying your taxes. There's more to life than just making sure that your family is materially provided for. I, I've met many people in my life whose parents gave them everything they ever wanted. You know, when they graduated, they got a car from high school. When they graduated, they got a car. They, they wore, you know, if not in the nicest clothes that, you know, that were around, they, they wore nice clothes. Um, you know, their needs were taken care of. You know, they got three meals a day. Um, you know, their, their, their parents pretty much didn't beat them or neglect them or, um, mentally, sexually, or verbally abuse them. But there's 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 more to it than that. Um if you're a parent, your um if you're if you consider yourself to be a Christian, your duty is not only to provide for them materially, but spiritually as well. And let's just say you're not a Christian. Let's just say you're an atheist or agnostic with kids. Well, it's not enough to buy them stuff. You have to be there for them. You have to raise them. And one of my biggest complaints about the two younger generations, I'm an Xer. I'm a Gen Xer. But I notice with the millennials and the uh, Zoomers, these kids, their parents never told them no. Their parents never gave them a hard truth. You know, whenever whenever little Jimmy or little Jill was acting like a big a-hole, they would defend them tooth and nail because the parent, you know, whoever raised them thought that that's what you're supposed to do. Well, if you want a self-entitled spoiled brat, that's that's a good way to make one is by, you know, basically spoiling them. Okay, you're supposed to, number one, if you're a parent, you're supposed to set the example, okay? Number two, in addition to setting the right example, you got to talk to your kids and let them know how life really is. Now, for some of you, you know, because I do realize everybody's an individual, maybe some of you haven't had it rough in your life. But I would hope by the time you're old enough to have kids, and by the way, I'm not talking to new parents who may be 20 or 25. I'm talking about people who are over 35, you know, and your kids are teenagers. You're supposed to give them, and I, as I've said in an earlier podcast, I would hope by 35 you're not the same person that you were at 20. Because if you're 35 and still doing the same crap you were doing at 20, you need to grow up. Okay, bottom line, you need to grow up. But you're supposed to, to to help these kids navigate life's rough curves. And I will say this much. Maybe some of you have been sheltered. Now, I used to be really bitter about that, that some people were more sheltered than I was. But as the kids say, it is what it is. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to act, you know, I, I'm no longer bitter about that. So my advice is if you led a sheltered existence 
and you don't know how rough life really is. Maybe you, if you know somebody who's had a few knocks, a few bruises, and knows that life is not always sunshine and lollipops, tell your kid, hey, talk to my friend Jim. My friend Jim, he, you know, he's been around the block. He knows a thing or two. Go talk to him. Now, some people would say that, well, that's, that's uh, neglecting your responsibilities of a parent. I will say this much. I will say this much. If you don't know a particular subject or if you don't know, yeah, if you don't know a particular subject, you're ignorant on it. There's nothing wrong if you can't give your kids the answer to sending them to somebody who does. And while I'm on this subject, one of the things that really, really bugs me is that I notice a lot of the people under 40, uh, This once again, this is not a broad brush. I'm saying everybody under 40 is a privileged person or was spoiled. I'm saying, but a lot of the people under 40, they don't know how life works. They're completely clueless. And it shows if you watch live streams on any, on YouTube, you know, um, the, they'll, they'll follow a certain broadcaster on YouTube and what's really sad is some of these broadcasters aren't any older than the people that are asking, you know, paying them five bucks a pop to, to ask them a question. By the way, that's, that's kind of a scam, you know. I have to pay you to ask you a question. Anyway, um, but they're, they're going to complete and under strangers for life advice because they're lost. They're ignorant. They don't know. But they're going to these people because they listen to them. And, you know, it's perfect human nature. It's within human nature that if you like what a person's doing or if you think if for some reason or another you form a connection to that person, you want to get their their opinions on certain things. Or, you know, you want to... It's like having a friend in real life. Um. You know, uh, if you've if you've got a best friend or if you've got a really good friend, and uh, let's just say the the wife left you and took the kids, and you're paying out the butt for child support while she's banging some doctor or lawyer, you know, it's perfectly natural to go to your buddy and say, "Man, you know, uh, Susie took the kids. I'm I'm paying fifty percent of my paycheck for child support and alimony." Um, you know, and I've got this situation going on. What would you do? This is perfectly natural. But because today's society is so atomized, so, yeah, it's just so atomized that those kind of relationships are rare. And speaking from personal experience, even if you are blessed enough to have a good friend that you can talk to completely without a filter, without a filter, you can tell them anything doesn't necessarily mean that your friend is going to understand or sadly empathize. And um, that's, that's a lesson I had to learn the hard way. And I hate to admit it, 
I just, you know, I learned it this year. I learned it this year. It took me all, you know, I've known this person for almost, almost 40 years. And it turned out that the dude's a complete narcissist, a complete and utter narcissist. And the warning signs were always there. The warning signs were always there, but I chose to ignore them because I, I love the dude. And when I say love, I'm not talking in the uh, dress up like a woman and I'm a woman type of way. I'm talking about platonic love. Um, but yeah, I found out that no, the guy's a complete and utter narcissist and he's completely self-centered and he basically is not interested. Anyway, to get back to what I'm talking about, um, you know, I just think it's a sad commentary on today's society that the parents are so checked out of their parental responsibilities that they're turning over teaching the kid life lessons to complete and utter strangers. Now, don't get me wrong. There are, there are people that are on YouTube or the internet who have a good heart and their intentions are right, but they're still strangers, you know, because it's the internet. Anonymity is a thing on the internet. And, you know, these kids are basically putting their life in, an, in a stranger's hand. And by the way, just like anything else, if, if you're going onto the internet to one of these live streams and you're asking this guy life questions, you're, you're basically sticking a rabid wildcat down your pants and expecting a good result because... I would say 95%, and by the way, this does not necessarily have to do with podcasters or the internet. This has to do with life in general. But 95% of the people that are on the internet or are doing videos, um, they're, they're narcissists and they're self-centered. And you're basically asking this uh, uh, narcissistic, self-centered guy to give you life advice. All right, let's uh, let's see if there's any other uh, parts of this passage I need to cover. The uh, in in the first paragraph, he talks about don't be ashamed to serve others. Um, basically a lot of people worry about what other people think. Luckily, my life has been such that I realized at a very young age that what other people don't, or I'm sorry, what other people think about you doesn't matter. Ultimately, you have to lead your own life. And if you're worried about what other people think, you're going to be constantly sad and depressed. You know, um, now I, I know it's popular and it was popular when I was growing up that, oh, just be yourself, be yourself. Uh, you might be a self-centered, narcissistic little a-hole yourself. That's not necessary. I'm not saying, you know, um, 
if, if you have character flaws and traits, not to be ashamed of them. Self-awareness is part of not caring what other people think. If you're completely self-aware, then you're going to try to minimize when you're out in public, at least, I hope. You're going to try to minimize your shortcomings and maximize your your uh, your good traits, your good character traits. Um, the second paragraph talks about depending on, um, don't, don't think that only you can solve your own problems. Now, um, what, what he's saying there, and by the way, for those of you who are unaware, Thomas Akempis was a monk from like the 14th or 15th century. Um, he's not saying go to your local psychiatrist and hash it out with him. Um, obviously, psychiatrists weren't around back in those days. Uh, actually, you know, not to get too autistic, but uh, back in that era... Your 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 version of a psychiatrist, if you were really religious, was your parish priest, and if you weren't religious, um, he was uh, a good friend that you'd known for years. You went to him, but what he's saying is is don't depend on yourself in in a serious problem. Depend on God, and um. This is this is really true because there obviously problems break down to two types. There's uh the problems that you just have like financial or marital or whatever. You know, those are secular. And then there there are spiritual problems if you're trying to be pious, if you're trying to be holy. And basically um if you are trying to follow Jesus in a serious fashion, you're going to realize that both problems, they're not separate. Basically, what he's saying is, um, take, take your serious problems to God. And I'll give you an example. Online porn. Now, I used to, when people used to say that porn is addicting, I used to think that they were being hyperbolic. I used to think, no, nah, that's not an issue. But for some people, it is an issue. Some people can't go a day without watching porn. Now, if you're addicted to anything, by the way, it doesn't have to be porn. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be eating. Um, you could be a greedy mother foe. And, you know, this is your addiction. You just have to have like $10,000 in the bank account. Any kind of addiction that is interfering with your day-to-day -day existence, um, it requires, I just, I'm going to get this out here. I am not a big fan of the 12-step program. Now, I do realize that some of you who are listening are going to think that I'm full of crap, that, you know, worked for you. So it does work. My answer to that would be people are individuals. If a 12-step program worked for you, God bless you. Okay, God bless you. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying uh, in, 
in a generalized sense, I'm not saying that, you know, 12 step programs are terrible. I'm saying in my experience, 12 step programs stink. And, you know, they're not going to work for everyone is ultimately what I'm trying to say in a long winded way. And, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists and support groups, they're, they're probably not going to work either. But I tell you, and I'm talking from experience here, and just as a quick note, everything that I talk about on this podcast, I'm basically speaking from my own personal experiences. So I'm not some, you know, I, I'm sure you've met the rando where you say, well, I'm going to AA, you know, it's really helping me. And the rando will tell you, oh, AA's full of crap. No. And you talk to them and you find out, well, they've never been in AA's. And so they have no personal experience. My general um, principle in life is I try not to talk about stuff that I don't have a personal knowledge with. Anyhow, um, I can attest personally that if you go to God in prayer and you ask him help with a particular issue, he's going to help. And just as added further honesty, um, I'm also going to say that you don't necessarily have to be a set of a contest Catholic for this to work. Because when I first became a Christian back in 2001, I realized that my whole life was going to have to change. My whole life was going to have to change. And I realized that my own character defects were going to keep me from making those changes on my own. And, and, and also, too, I was having questions about Protestantism because... You'll, you'll have to listen to my earlier episodes to get the full context of what I'm talking about. But basically, um, I, I was, you know, I was already, you know, I'd only been a Christian, uh, a Protestant for like a month and I'm seeing all the variations and problems with it. So, uh, when I was doing my prayers, I just asked God, I said, please show me the truth. Please show me the truth. And I did it with an open and sincere desire to know the truth. Now, having said that, it you know, that was in 2001. We're talking 2022. So we're talking almost, well, no, we are talking 20 years ago. So it took me 20 years to reach this point. And, you know, for those of you who... You know, you 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 like to shoot your mouth off. Oh, well, it took you 20 years to find the truth. Your God must not be very effective. In order for God to be effective in your life, you have to do you have to follow his will. Okay? And I'm gonna be honest enough to admit for 20 years I basically did my own thing. So the fact that it took me 20 years to get to the point where I know I found the truth is not on God. It's on me. And by the way, if you are in the spiritual life and you're having issues, the same problems keep cropping up. Okay. 
that's not God failing you. That's you failing God. And basically, the main way you can fail God is basically by not following his will. Okay, enough said on that. Now, I already covered the third the third uh, paragraph, which is basically don't glorify in the money in your bank account or your powerful friends. I basically covered that. And the, the fourth paragraph talks about, and this, this mostly has to do with vanity. It says, um, don't. Don't get a swelled head if, if you're a chick and you're beautiful or if you're a guy and you're all muscled up and you know you're chiseled or whatever. Don't 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 glory in, in your per personal beauty, which like I said is vanity. And he gives the reason that you could get sick, you could uh you could get into a bar fight and get really scarred up and messed up. You could have an accident where you're in a fire and, and get, you know, have burn scars all over your body. Um, old age, old age in and of itself. You know, if I were a vain person, I would be depressed on how my looks are not the same now as they were when I was in my early 20s. So basically he's saying, don't be vain. And then the last paragraph The last paragraph is um oh. Okay, I apologize guys. I uh I made a little boo-boo. Um I'm gonna finish this up. This isn't gonna take much longer. So I left off on the fourth paragraph where he basically this fourth paragraph is talking about pride. Okay. He he's telling you he's telling his readers he's saying don't think you're better than anyone else. Uh this should be pretty uh self-explanatory but I've noticed that this principle and it's not just a spiritual principle you can use it even if you don't believe in God you should be aware of this. Don't think that you're better than anyone else because you're not. Um even Bill Gates, you know, um, to, to, on the shallow surface, you know, he appears to be like to have it all, you know, a wife, beautiful kids, uh, more money than God and, um, a pretty sweet life, but we don't know what the man is, um, personally, you know, Lord only knows what that guy's up to in his personal life. Um, you should remember that fact, you know, if you're walking by some homeless guy and you're thinking to yourself, oh man, that scumbag, he could be out working and he's begging for change. Well, you know, you don't know that guy personally. You don't know what he's been through. And that's just, that's just a matter of basic fairness that more than anything else, that's just a, a matter of basic fairness, you know, um, And um, in this fourth paragraph, 
St. Thomas, or I'm sorry, he's not a saint. Thomas Kempis is talking about how, you know, if while you're busy judging people, you know, for your own, basically on human standards, which is, uh, when I say human standards, we, we tend to be surface individuals. So you're judging on the looks and the surface. You're not judging on the inside. He's saying that if you consider yourself to be a Christian that, you know, you're going to have to go before God when you die, because we all do. And God's going to judge you on standards that, you know, are godly. (laughs) So um, it goes back to that passage in the Bible that says, that says, uh, judge not lest ye be judged. Then in the same paragraph, he's saying, do not be proud of your good works. So if, if you drop, if you drop a buck or a quarter or 50 cents in the homeless dude's cup, or if you're giving money to Habitat for Humanity, or you're volunteering at the local soup kitchen, or <clears throat> if you're donating clothes to Goodwill, you know, um, it's saying don't be proud of yourself for doing that. Okay, because God's standards are not your standards. And because God is a just judge, he's going to be just uh, judging you justly because he knows you perfectly. So he, 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 he's just saying, you know, if you do good works, don't, don't think that you're all that because, you know, you're doing these things because God's standards are not your standards. And I think I missed this last the closing paragraph of this uh of this particular passage so i'm going to i'm going to read it continual peace dwells within with the humble continual peace dwells with the humble but in the heart of the proud there is frequent envy and indignation and basically when he's closing off that particular paragraph he's saying if you're happy, if you're only, if your goal in life is to please God and to serve him as best as you can, um, you're going to be happy no matter what the circumstances. You're going to be happy if you're staying in a homeless shelter and if somehow you win the lottery and win, say, $500 million and you buy a, a, a mansion next to Bill Gates's, you know, it doesn't matter. You're, you're going to be happy. But he's also saying if you're proud, you're going to find fault. And this is another one of my weaknesses as a human being is because um, in, in my own pride, in my own pride, when things do not work well, and uh, those of you who have dealt with uh, online companies or anything, basically any of the major corporations, there's a lot of inefficiency. There's a lack of, I don't care, go pound sand attitude. And I'm, I'm proud enough that when I, when I, when this kind of thing happens to me, it really upsets me. It really, you know, and he's talking about you lose your peace of mind. Um, and, and I'm, 
trying to work on this particular fault of mine. And by the way, um, it's not just a fault, it's a sin. Because basically it stems from pride. And pride is a deadly sin. So, um, but in the past, I know I'm getting better in this sense. Because in the past, I used to obsess if a customer was rude to me. You know, if I'm working my job and, you know, the customer calls me everything but a child of God, insults my looks, my intelligence, I I would lose sleep at night, not because I took their their question personally and think, oh my God, you know, so-and-so said this about me, I must be terrible. It would make me mad because I would think, well, how dare this person judge me and they don't even know me. But anyway... Basically, what Thomas Kempis is saying is lose the pride and you'll be able to live in peace. As, as long as you've got any pride in you, um, you're, uh, it's going to disturb your peace of mind. And by the way, when I say pride, um, people not being as well-read as they used to be take that as, well... Uh, Pride's a good thing, you know. You're you're you take pride in your work. There's a difference between taking pride in your work and pride in yourself. And quite frankly, if you can't tell the difference between the two, you have bigger issues than you know. Anyway, guys, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And you didn't have to be here, but I appreciate the fact that you are. Thank you. I'm praying for you and have a good day. Bye-bye.